for the last couple of programs, we've been talking about heaven. How you can know that you are going to heaven is the subject of our time here today on Truth For Today. So you hear us talking about heaven and you wonder, how do I get there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Pastor Phil Howard has a straightforward answer for you. We won't even beat around the bush. We'll get right to it. How you can go to heaven. It's all found here in John 14, verses 1 through 6, and the Upper Room Discourse. Join us. Our series is called The Promise of Heaven. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's edition of Truth For Today. Jesus tells the disciples that he's going away in chapter 13, 33. And he says, where I am going, you cannot come. Now that, that hits him like a ton of bricks. Judas has already gone out to betray the Son of Man. Then we go on. Simon Peter said, whoa, whoa, wherever you're going, I'm going. Even if it costs me my life, Jesus says, Peter, let me fill you in on something. You're going to deny me tonight three times. Before the night's over, you will deny me three times, which I'm sure Peter is in shock. The other disciples are in shock. Their treasurer is bailed out. Their spokesman is going to deny, and their Messiah is going away. So he sees the condition of the response, troubles in the heart. Tells them five things to comfort them. Don't be troubled. Believe in God. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again for you. Where I am, you shall be. Now, him saying, I go, I prepare a way. These disciples, he expects them to know. They should know, but they don't know. And so, we pick up verse 4. And you know the way where I'm going. No, they don't. You should know the way. And this is the key thought here. The way. The way to the Father's house. How can I get there? I want to speak on uh, how to get to the Father's house. Uh, a number one question, if I was to go on to, uh, let, let's go back to Larry King. Uh, I liked him better. Okay. Uh, let's go to a talk show. And the question is thrown out. Uh, King did it all the time. We would set up uh, Billy Graham. Joel Osteen, different ones. John MacArthur, Dave Brickner, so different ones interviewed. And he'd throw out a question like this. Uh, uh, who's going to heaven? Who's going to heaven? Well, uh, most of the audience would say, by everybody. Except a guy that, you know, really, really was bad. But... Uh, and then, this is what he'd often do to people like MacArthur and others. 
He'd ask a question like this. Uh, do you think Jews are going to heaven? Mm. And Joel Osteen danced around it and said, well, everybody can wind up there. He blew it. One time, Billy Graham was sloppy. John MacArthur was not sloppy. Dave Brickner for Jews for Jesus simply said, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. No one goes to heaven but through Jesus. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. It matters who you're trusting. But imagine being on the uh, TV and wanting to uh, win friends and influence people and all of a sudden you say, I don't think any of you in the audience are going to heaven right now, but we sure love you. And uh, so they walk out. You're intolerant. You're dogmatic. Uh, you act like you've got a monopoly. Uh, wow, you talk about the offense. It just starts all over the place. And then you do this in evangelism. E.E. E. taught us in evangelism explosion. The lead question was, uh, if you were to die, if you were to die, and you will, and you come before God the Father, and he should ask you, why should I let you into heaven? And what do you think the most common answer nine out of ten times is? What's that? I'm a good person. I don't even belong to a gang. Don't even have a tattoo. Oh, I mean, no, that's really messing. No. But, you know, I'm clean. I'm clean. If you knew the folks I know, you know I'm a good person. I'm good enough to go to heaven. You, you mean you're good enough? You think just... Yeah, I said, I'm good enough. I'm going to heaven. And so uh, the answer to the question is not simple. And believe me, it's only us who've been raised on the Bible and uh, evangelicalism uh, even get close to it. In liberal Protestantism, uh, the answer isn't clear. They don't have an answer. They do not. Uh, Robert Schuller didn't have an answer. He was being interviewed by a uh, Presbyterian named Michael Horton, who wrote a book, Christless Christianity. And he asked uh, uh, Robert Schuller, uh, tell me about your new book. What's the name of it? Self-Esteem, uh, the New Reformation. Self-Esteem, and what's your thesis? That what man does not need to hear about is sin. He needs to be assured of his own worth and self-esteem. He said the Reformation was too theocentric, too God-centric, and we've got to have a Reformation that makes it man-centered so that people discover self-worth, self-esteem, self-fulfillment. This is the new gospel. Uh, Michael, while interviewing uh, Robert Schuller, whose understudy would be a Joel Osteen and others that can talk all day and never mention the gospel, uh, never mention sin. Don't mention sin. That's a bad word. It may offend your audience. Michael uh, said something like this. 
<clears throat> well, what about 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, that says, uh, in the last days, men will be killers, disobedient to parents, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of themselves, more than lovers of God. Without a moment's hesitation, Schuler simply said to Michael, you dare not ever preach that because you'll offend a lot of beautiful people. That's what he said on the broadcast. <clears throat> dare not say that to people. People are not that way. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And then there is a new movement. They did a study, Christian Smith and Marcia Whitton, out of uh, North Carolina University. They did a study on teenagers in evangelical churches. And they wanted to find out where they were, uh, what impact uh, the church and Christianity was having on them. And uh, they diagnosed them, and they came up with this diagnosis. They, they are basically have bought into moralistic, therapeutic deism. Moralistic, uh, live a good life. Therapeutic, uh, discover your self-esteem, life coach, self-direction, self-fulfillment, self-self not God-centric, deism. And by deism, they mean there is a God out there, but I'm not talking about the God of the book of Romans. I'm not talking about the God that is angry with sin. I'm not talking about the God that has wrath. I don't accept that God. I just say there's a God. Five things, they say, five things in this study. And I would just recommend you to read Christless Christianity by Michael uh, Horton. And you'll find this. Uh, I quote him from page, uh, let me give you the exact page so you know I'm not making this up. Uh, page 41. This is what he says when they did the study. Young people, what do you think about God? What is Christianity to you? First, God created the world. Whew, good. Good. Uh, a lot of theistic evolutionists that say there's a God, but he created by evolution. Very common today. Two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other as taught by the Bible and all world religions. We should be good, be nice people. Three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Thus, the therapeutic model. Make me feel good. Don't tell me I'm guilty. Don't tell me I'm to blame. Don't tell me I should repent. Don't tell me it could be my fault. And don't tell me that there's guilt for my sins because I want to be guilt-free. I've got to be guilt-free and I'll pay a therapist to get me in that condition. Fourthly, God does not need to be particularly involved in one's life, notice, except when needed to resolve a problem. 
I don't want him to be Lord. I don't want him to direct my life. For sure, he's not telling me to go to a mission field. Uh-uh, honey. I have been saved for the good life. And if there's not comfort and pleasure, it couldn't be the will of God for me. And if God doesn't give me a baby, if he doesn't give me a boyfriend, if he doesn't give me a girlfriend, if he doesn't give me a job, I'm walking. God can't keep me around without meeting my every wondering desire. You see, God, you better be glad you got me. Instead of God, you are this great, awesome, holy person that could incinerate me in a moment. No, 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 no. You must be a cosmic Santa Claus to satisfy my every wandering desire. This is the report. It's right out. This is written up in the study. Fifth thing is, and here's very common, and I guarantee we have people sitting here right now, you believe this statement. You truly believe it. It's why you've never been saved. Their final statement is, good people go to heaven. Good people go to heaven. Let me just, no sermon is complete without Romans. Turn to Romans 3. Romans 3. The Gentiles were the bad boys. No morals, no true religion, no word from God. They were the bad, bad people. The good people were the Jews. And this is what he's saying in Romans 1 through 3. But he concludes, watch this, in verse 9 of chapter 3. What then? Are we better than they, we Jews? Are we better than the Gentiles? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks and Americans and white boys, black boys, brown, yellow, and besides boys, girls, are all under sin. And what that means, under sin, under the liability to sin, under the penalty that comes with sin. Watch. There is none righteous, Bob Schuler. Not even your grandma. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah said. Now this is, he's quoting right out of the other. There's none righteous, no, not one. Wait, 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 I'm a nice person. Don't doubt that. Stay that way. It's great. Are you nice enough to go to heaven without a Savior? That's the issue. Moralism. Keep the Sermon on the Mount. Belong to the, the, the nice clubs. Look good. Look good. I'm a nice guy. Here he said there's none righteous. This is the absolute standard of God. Uh, we use the illustration, all have fallen short of the glory of God. You know, if you're a run and a broad jumper, a good broad jumper could probably... From here, at this elevation, I think he would reach McGill easy. Uh, they could do that. Let's say, man, it would be a horrendous leap to reach Adam down the third row. But some guys, I believe, could do it. I don't know what's the furthest uh, broad jump, especially run and jump. Uh, they can go. They can fly. But I said, well, the standard is you've got to jump from Pier 39 to Alcatraz. Go. Go. Well, I could out-jump you. I believe you. 
but you're still going to drown. You didn't reach it. You, you can't jump that far, can you? The best of men fall short of the glory of God. The best of men. So, there is none who understands. Hey, I'm a PhD. None understands God. Because the princes of this world crucified Christ in all their smartness because they didn't know God's wisdom was being displayed in Christ. And they killed him. The princes of this age killed the Son of God in all their so-called wisdom. Uh, there is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they become useless. There's none who does good. There is not even one. That includes you and I. There is none from God's point of view. So keep comparing yourself with your worst friends, your worst members of your family. Say, I'm, man, I'm good compared to them. I believe you. I believe you. Now let's compare you to God. There's the standard. Not your neighbor. Not your in-laws that you regret you were born in the family. You inherit them. Be good to them. But God, with God. Now, to answer this question, of all these ways that people think they can go to heaven, if I do good works, if, I, if I'm religious to the tip of my fingernails, I'll go to heaven. That's exactly what the Jews said. We will work to keep the law and achieve our own righteousness apart from Christ. And they missed it by a thousand miles. Romans 10, 1 through 4. They would not accept the righteousness that comes by faith and received as a gift. They said, no, we will circumcise, keep Sabbath, eat kosher, and despise Gentiles. And we are Abraham's descendants. We're going to heaven. Missed it. Missed it. And they've been missing it for nearly 2,000 years. God's righteousness came packaged in a man, Christ, that they said, this can't be it. This, no, I've got to earn it. And some of you, you'd like to think you'd go to heaven if we just told you 10 things to do. You would do it like that. Because you like the idea, I earned it. Now, we're going to look at three ways you get to the Father's house. Three descriptions. Number one, Jesus is the way to the Father's house. Number two, uh, and in that, Jesus prepares the way to the house. Number two, Jesus is the person who gets you to the house. It's not a path, it's a person. Thirdly, Jesus is the only path, the only person that can get you to heaven. None other can do it. Let's look at what ought to be just comment to us. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare the way or prepare a place for you. As we looked at it last week, it was not to prepare the geography or the room. That already existed. In my father's house are many dwellings already. That's where we're going. The preparing it was I've got to go by means of the cross. I've got to bear your sins. I've got to pay for your sins 
to ever get you into the Father's house. That's the way I'm going to prepare the place. Not over there, but where I'm going within 12 hours on a tree outside of Jerusalem. The cross is how he prepared the way for hell-deserving sinners to go to the Father's house. The empty grave is the way he prepared the way, and Hebrews 10 said he has prepared a new and living way into the presence of God. This is brand new, Jesus telling a man or a woman, I will take you to heaven. He promised Abraham land. He promised Abraham a posterity. But he didn't just come out and say, I'm going to take you to heaven, Abraham. He promised in Palestine. But us, sinners, I am going to take you to the Father's house based upon what I do tomorrow on the cross. That is the way that was prepared for you. Christ had to die. He had to take your place to get you to the place. He had to empty the throne of his rightful place and take his place on a tree in which he was considered under a divine curse for he was. For God made him to be your sin in a moment that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus Christ prepared the way, and it was by way of the cross. That is, and this is the offense to the world. How can some Jew in Palestine 2,000 years ago think he could get me into the Father's house? He said, I am the way and I'm the path. He goes on secondly to say, ah, the path to the city is a person. The person of Christ is the way to the city. And he clarifies it. I am not only the way. He goes on to say, I'm the truth and the life. But the emphasis is on the way. I'm the way. He didn't say, I'm a way or a truth or a life. In the Greek, it's got a definite article. I am the way, the only way. I am the truth, the only truth that gets you to the Father's house. I am the life, the only life that can get you to the Father's house. What's this? I am the way. Back in the garden, we lost our way. They're running around hiding after their sin. Guilt and shame has gripped them. Their conscience is smitten. They become afraid of the God that they daily had fellowship with. Now man is running. The human race is like a drunk man on a London night with fog in the city and all the lights out. He's staggering through history and he can't find his way. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Man, whether you know it or not, he's lost. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know where to get help, so he'll pay any price to any guru that says they can get him well. He doesn't know the way to the city. He doesn't know who can get him to the city. And he may, he may have become so deceived by Satan, he has no awareness there is a place. He's just trying to live 
and have all of his heaven on earth now, not knowing hell awaits him. The person that can get you to the city is called the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.